Hello everyone and welcome back. Four weeks in the making, the return of Top Rope Insider. I'm your host Brendan and joining me in the Top Rope Insider studio is a recurring guest, is my older brother Stephen. We are back after four long weeks. It's been quite a eventful four weeks in the world of the wrestling. And in the world of Brendan. Indeed it has been. Uh, Got a job now. Yeah, well, I'm now in the world of employment. If you need a set of trainers, I'm your guy. So, only that applies to people who live in my town. Um, I suppose. If you listen, I know there's a lot of people listening in Canada. So, yeah, I can't they, sell they, they trainers. They have trainers in Canada. But I can't sell them. So, we're back. It's been quite a long four weeks, as I said. Uh, I know I've quite missed doing the podcast. as on holiday or vacation, as some people would call it, but we're back and we're going to talk wrestling for the next half an hour or hour or so, and well, let's kick off the show by one of the big topics that has uh, came out the past few days, everyone's been talking about it, so let's talk about it, is Hulk Hogan and um, his future or his current situation with WWE, Stephen, let's just start. We know the facts. What's your opinion on the whole Hogan racism situation? He's, Hulk Hogan's been hung out to dry. He's uh, the WWE have rightly or wrongly made an example of Hulk Hogan. Uh, I don't doubt for a minute that Hulk Hogan has been treated the way he has by WWE from a, a self-preservation point of view, which I'm not criticising them for. They obviously look after the company, and the company is bigger than Hulk Hogan, and in their eyes, uh, obviously Hulk Hogan might think different, but in their eyes, WWE is bigger than Hulk Hogan, so they have to look after what's best for WWE. So they obviously believe that cutting all ties with Hulk Hogan was what was best. I don't believe it was what was best. Uh, it sends out the wrong message for me that someone who has, again, whether you like him or not, he's undoubtedly the biggest legend the wrestling and WWE has ever had. I mean, they put so, professional wrestling on the mainstream. He made it Mark. mainstream. He was in Rocky Three. He was Thunder in Paradise. I liked it. Some people, bit of a rubbish TV programme, but it was a mainstream... TV programme, okay, short-lived, but it was still a big TV programme. He was on it. He was in things like Gremlins 2. He made wrestling fashionable. He made it fashionable to wear wrestling T-shirts. Hulkamania T-shirts in the early 90s in America would have probably been quite commonplace. Whereas in the late 80s in America, would wrestling T-shirts have been commonplace? Sure, maybe at wrestling, but maybe not in the kind of pop culture. So, going back to Hulk Hogan himself... I don't, for a minute, deny that what he's done is, is terribly wrong. And I think, obviously you would be the same as myself, Brendan, that the thoughts of what he said is obviously terrible things. And I'm 100% against any form of discrimination. But it's, where do you draw the line when someone's acknowledging that they're sorry and that they've done wrong? So do we live now in a world that once you, you do something wrong, you should just be extradited and nobody should ever speak to you ever again because the WWE's point of view is whether Hulk Hogan's sorry for what he done wrong or not 
we'll never ever deal with this man again. And that's the wrong message in my eyes. It's WWE promotes lots of good social values, promotes things like anti-bullying and thing. Clearly doesn't promote forgiveness. Because to me, I think what Hulk Hogan done, yep, as I said, terrible thing. What he's, what he's said or, or what he's alleged to have said, I've not heard any of the clips, but what he's alleged to have said is obviously a terrible thing. But Hulk Hogan, I don't doubt, knows what he's done is wrong and is sorry for what he's done. So I don't think he deserves the treatment he's getting. And what I would add as well is that I don't think if Hulk Hogan was still the, the top performer, the top earner, the one making all the money for the company, I don't think he would have been treated exactly as he was. He might have still been suspended or whatever, but he wouldn't have been taken from all parts of the website, etc. Well, we can end the podcast there. Um, no, my opinion on Hogan is is this the exact same. You 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 hit the hit the ball there, but going so extreme as to taking uh, rock and wrestling off the off the network. Uh, what I found surreal about the whole in- situation was TNA did the exact same thing in removing um, all the Hogan TNA merchandise off their shop, all information Hogan. It's like Hogan's now been deleted from professional wrestling as a whole, as it seems. I mean, it's I know he's, he's someone that often pops up in the podcast uh, in numerous ways, but for example, somebody like Chris Benoit and and what Chris Benoit done and the, the treatment he got for the WWE. Now, I'm, I'm not, for a minute, saying I disagree with the treatment he got, but he get eradicated from history. Hulk Hogan's the same treatment as Chris Benoit. Same with CM Punk, he's not deserved that either, but Hulk Hogan's the same treatment as Chris Benoit. And when you look at that, I mean, there is a difference. There's obviously a clear difference. Hulk Hogan, from what he said and from what's came out after it, the man knows he done wrong, and the man has openly apologised to say that for any offence he's ever caused anyone, he's really, really sorry. There's not much more he can do. Sometimes in life, to me, sorry's good enough. I think Hulk, that was that was poor, but sorry's good enough. So racism is not something that I particularly deal with on a daily basis. Just living in the west coast of Scotland racism's not something that's that's quite high in the social spectrum but sectarianism is and bigotry is so what I would say is it's something that perhaps if you put it that way it's something that I would say perhaps on a daily basis at times in my youth is something that came up daily sectarian comments and bigoted comments and people that have made them perhaps to me in the past if they apologised for them I would of course I would have forgave them so if Hulk Hogan's making racist comments and he's deeply sorry for doing so and he understands he now understands why they're wrong then what more can you ask for my man well I think we can draw the line with the Hogan situation there we've said our bit I'm still a Hulkamaniac no and that's the thing although the what he said yeah it's come out he said eight years ago whether that's true or false but he's still he was a hero in most kids in the 90s, most kids in the 80s. He's, he's, he's still a hero. I mean, if, if what had came out, and he hadn't came out in the way he has so apologetically and so sincerely apologetic, then I would understand 
the treatment of him and, and why people would be saying he's not a legend anymore and things like that, but that's what I'm saying about forgiveness. When someone does something wrong and acknowledges it and is sorry and knows why they've done wrong and they know what they need to do to make it better, to me that's that's the best you can hope for. So what are the chances of seeing Hogan in a WWE ring again? I think given his age and given how publicly they have washed their hands of him, probably probably never, which is a, is a real shame. He was building towards the fight at WrestleMania 32. He was building towards... Apparently so, yeah. We'll never see Hogan in a WWE ring ever again. Probably never be able to buy another Hogan action figure. He'll probably stop all those great figures that are getting released. Better go up to Smythe's Toys. They've got the Defining Moments one and sale. That price will go up now. Um, So, like I said, it's been four weeks since the last Top Rope Insider... Um, so much has happened. We have a new Mister Money in the Bank and the Celtic Warrior Sheamus. Ah, uh, that was rubbish. Whether you like it or not, Sheamus is guaranteed to cash in Money in the Bank. Whether he wins the championship or not is another thing. But we've had we've had a top rope insider since Money in the Bank, if we know. Because I'm pretty sure before Money in the Bank, I described Sheamus as making up the numbers, and then I had to apologise on air to say how oh, maybe he wasn't he making up the numbers. Or maybe that was just bank. a conversation between me and you. I'm not actually quite sure. Maybe we did have that. Um, my mind went blank. You just talk about wrestling that much. You forget yeah, if, if it's just it wrestling. recording you or no. So, let's talk. This, the start of next month, we have the biggest party of the summer. But let's not forget, we had a pit of you before SummerSlam. It was WWE Battleground. It's been running for... Two years now, Battleground. Something like two or three. And one of the biggest parts of Battleground, if you haven't seen it already, um, which was quite shocking because I was down in uh, Martin's house, who is a regular guest, though he's not a regular, he's been on the podcast once. He will be making an appearance on the podcast next week or this week. He will be on it this week, which was quite shocking. Martin had not watched Battleground. Uh, I think you should get Martin to host the podcast one week. You know, like, me and Martin will be on it. I'm all like a retro podcast. And where's my place in that? Uh, you, you push the button and stuff. So, technology. You're good at the technology. Martin, where you're listening to this, have you still not seen Battleground? Um, that's who? that's a really good example, though, because people like Martin used to never go a day or two days after a pay-per-view without seeing it. Me and Martin would watch a pay-per-view on a Monday night after the pay-per-view on the Sunday. If I couldn't make it to Martins, I would watch it in my house or, or I'd watch it on Tuesday and they would speak about it on Tuesday, for example. But we would never go a couple of days after a pay-per-view without seeing it. But that's how disillusioned some of the fans have got now. That they're, The lack of interest. Yeah, they're going like weeks. Some fans are now going proper long periods of time and going, I might watch that pay-per-view now. I was the same with Raw. I, I would never not watch Raw. Now some weeks I put Raw on and I go, I've not any interest in this match. And I fast forward matches. Because some storylines are just not interesting me at the moment. So, WWE Battleground, the probably the biggest um, talking point of that is the return of the dead man, The Undertaker, who, spoiler alert, came back, didn't, like, 
didn't end because the, the match never really ended between Rollins and Lesnar. Like, no, there was, was no contest. Uh, Undertaker came back to many people believing that he returned as a heel because he kicked a low blowed um, Lesnar. Um, so Undertaker is back now. The SummerSlam main event is set. It is Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. What's your thoughts? Because for me, the Battleground main event was poorly, poorly booked. It just it doesn't make... Like SummerSlam last year, and you had Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, that'd be fine, but why come back like a year and so many months after Brock beat your streak to get revenge? It's like, did you forget? Like, he broke it like oh I need to go well, do something by the way to me to me the, the answer is though from a logical point of view is they, they obviously don't want Brock carrying the title at the moment is the I think people do actually quite believe that the beast is unbeatable or some fans do believe that oh this guy's unbeatable so if you give him the title you're almost just feeding him meat to in matches and it would be maybe not really interesting whereas keeping the title on Rollins the way they did Makes sense because he's seen as a lot more beatable. So then, if for example someone, whoever he's fighting, I don't know who he's fighting at SummerSlam. Has it been announced? It's, there is rumours that it's John Cena. So for example, John Cena fighting Rollins, it's highly plausible that John Cena could win. Whereas if and Rollins could both win, like it, it could go either way. Whereas if Rollins was fighting Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam then I would say it was either going to be Brock Lesnar wins a title or Rollins wins not clean, which is obviously what happened at, well, kind of what happened at Battleground. But I think The Undertaker coming back now does make sense because I do still think The Undertaker's going to get one more WrestleMania match and I don't think it would have made sense for The Undertaker to stay from beating uh, Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania this year to stay out the whole way to next WrestleMania and then pick up another Bray Wyatt-esque kind of mid-carder I don't think that would have made sense. I think he's got one more big WrestleMania match in him. The whole Sting rumour, whatever, whether that ever happens, it might not be. But I think fighting Brock Lesnar can now lead him into maybe perhaps another storyline, which I'd be hoping, it might not happen that way, but I'd be hoping that somehow that that could be what happens. No, what it appears, like, Lesnar the past few weeks, even months, has been babyface, like, you can hear the reaction he gets when he comes out in Raw, the reaction he gets wherever he goes. How do you now, like, babyface versus babyface, or do you change Brock back? I mean, because you're not going to have fans boo The Undertaker after so many years. The Undertaker is not going to get heat whatsoever. So what do you do with the momentum you've... you've um, you've gained so much momentum with Brock as a face well, now? What, what would you do? What I would say is... Why do you need a, a baby face and a heel? So some of the best fights that WWF has ever had have had two baby faces fighting and it's just been a case of the crowd has just been I'm a Lesnar guy or I'm an Undertaker guy and it's been cheering the loudest. Two examples being SummerSlam 92, Bret Hart versus British Bulldog. Incredible. Everybody loves it. Well, if everybody doesn't love it, then you should love it. It's a great match, it's one of the best ever. Two baby faces works perfect. WrestleMania 18, he who shall not be named versus The Rock. Brilliant. Half the crowd are shouting Hogan, half the crowd are shouting Rock. Who? 
he who shall not be named. Half the crowd are shouting the artist formerly known as Hulk Hogan, and then the other half are shouting Rock. That works absolutely perfect. If one of them was a super duper getting crowd to boo, it wouldn't work. The the Hulk Hogan coming back in his NWO, of course the crowd were going to cheer him. Everybody loved the NWO. It was cool to love the bad guys in the late nineties, that's why NWO became so good. And that's why obviously when they came back, the people were going to cheer him as well. But things like that work. It's worked many a time. So I think there's no need to build any any of them up as a as a heel. Because if you want to cheer Brock Lesnar, fine. But I, I'd be willing to guess that the majority of the crowd will cheer The Undertaker. But younger fans might cheer Brock Lesnar. So that's a match that's set in stone for SummerSlam. Uh, a rivalry that, that sort of ended, um, one of the best rivalries of this year was Kevin Owens versus John Cena. Oh, yeah. That, that came to an end or we never know it might uh, pop up again but that came to an end at Battleground Kevin Owens obviously losing to John Cena where do you see Owens going from now um, it looks to me like a lot of people are saying oh, John Cena buried another up and come superstar buried another one buried another one but to me he didn't because no matter if Cena came out on top he still made Owens look so strong well what I would say is yeah, exactly what you're saying, I think's right. The whole scene I buried an up and coming superstar. No, I don't buy it because I've said in the podcast before that up until about say six months ago or the start of the year for example, John Cena was quite possibly my least favourite wrestler of all time. He was like Hulk Hogan, like move set wise, but less inspiring charisma wise. That's what I felt it was. He was like the, he was like Stone Cold Steve Austin near the end of his career in some of his kind of squash matches where he got a few punches, a few kicks, and he did then do the special move. But except John Cena's matches were longer, so I didn't see him. But now, as I've said, his move set, he's been trying to get more moves in, and his matches have been really, really enthralling. Rusev, no, he didn't squash Rusev. Rusev is a made guy now he's he's a decent guy in the wrestling he's minimum mid card stable mid card guy now that could potentially go main event because he's this right good feud with Cena behind him same with Seth, uh, with Kevin Owens he's now a solid mid card guy whereas a few months ago the fans didn't know who he was well the average WWE that only watches Raw type fan didn't know who he was. Now he's a solid mid-card guy that could go main event. Cena's effectively helped the two of them get solid mid-card straight away. Not many wrestlers come in and within a couple of months you can say, yeah, we could put the US title on him, no bother. And you could put US title on Rusev, well, obviously he had it already. Uh, you could put US title on Kevin Owens, no bother. And I just think that Cena's, well, it's, it's been hammered, creative control, whatever way you want to put it the idea of doing that with two M's actually quite good. I mean, all credit to, goes to John Cena. That's now Neville, Sami Zayn, Owens. They've all come up to the main roster. Yeah, albeit that Cena beat Neville and Zayn, but there was match of the, like Every single night on Raw, I feel that John Cena, whether it's the open challenge for the US title, it's match of the night. Because I guess now you feel when Cena's getting older... 
he's doing a lot more stuff that mm-hmm. 10 years ago you'd never see John Cena do a hurricane runner or like a springboard kind of stunner you never see John it was just so kind of slow same style of move set now, yeah, that's like, what I was meaning about the whole kind of generic punch and kick type wrestler it was it was predictable it wasn't exciting to watch but if anybody who's watched his big matches recently against say Owens or Rusev or whatever and say it wasn't exciting to watch then you're clearly not watching it for the right reasons they were really exciting to watch and whether or not you thought from the start that John Cena was going to win that match there was multiple times in every match with Owens and every match with Rusev where you thought well hold on a minute here he might get beat Cena might lose his title he might get beat and if they make you think he's going to get beat here then that's it they've done your job they've made it convincing that that guy can beat him and that's what they've done and what I think now when as Cena gets older yeah I know um, John Cena has always had a lot of haters and he's come out vocal about that whether it be on TV or in interviews but now I feel that he's seen more but now he's also seen more now the people that hated him are starting to appreciate what he's doing for the business and I think that's bringing out the better side of him yeah no I agree so we've talked about John Cena we've talked about Kevin Owens we've talked about Battleground well the 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 talking points of Battleground you know we had the Wyatt family return uh, and Hartbar and Bray Wyatt, obviously. Where do you see now? It's rumoured that the Wyatt family are going to face Ambrose and Reigns at SummerSlam, possibly Sting as well, and they're looking to add a third member into the Wyatt family, obviously because Rowan is injured. Who fits that, that bill? Who I, fits the third member of the Wyatt family? I would love the third member of the Wyatt family to be Sting. That would be amazing if it turned out that the whole rocking and talking to someone and all that that Bray Wyatt's done like a long time, if it all turned out that the person that Bray Wyatt always refers to and all that kind of stuff was Sting. And Sting was like this greater being to the Wyatts. And it was almost kind of Raven's flock type. But that could then lead Sting into fighting Undertaker because the whole thing with the Wyatts and the in the past. I would love that to happen. I don't envisage it happening at all, but to me that would be the best way to get Sting on the roster, like properly, and having a match, because that's how to make them relevant to young fans, and I think that'd be really good. But For... I think the third member of the Wyatt family will possibly be someone unknown. And by unknown, bringing I mean, up from NXT, someone. either bringing up from NXT or someone who's maybe been in in the past or something, but not a current character. Like it's not going to be. I don't think it'll be someone suddenly coming out and being in the White Family because if you look at the amount of people that there are that could potentially do it. Well, you have the amount of people that that gimmicks. So throughout the years, you have just these mid carders that their gimmicks dead like. Fandango now yeah they've reinvented he doesn't have the the theme tune anymore uh, the best part about him so his gimmick now is just it's not the same Adam Rose um, yeah he's still the kind of party gimmick but like could be Curtis Axel he needs a new gimmick 
Yeah, well, he can't use his his old gimmick, you know. And the, the amount of times they reinvent some kind of the whole uh, actual main stuff was entertaining. Don't get me wrong, with the uh, Mizdow, uh, sorry, Macho Mandow stuff that was entertaining. Although yeah, don't, it wasn't serious enough to get somewhere like, but it was entertaining. Curtis Saxo, someone would he join the White family? I, I don't see him, but yeah, again, they could surprise us. Some Kevin Owens, for example, could be that way, you know. And I think it was Martin that said this could be that kind of revenge type way from John Cena look for guidance to Bray Wyatt. Um. I don't know when Rowan's back though, uh, but I think the Wyatt family would be complete if you had Rowan in it, because I think the chemistry between Bray, Luke, and Eric Rowan—that's what makes the Wyatt family good. You know the stuff with the Shield last year, um, but we'll see. You no, know, Sting might just be a rumor. It could just be a, a two-on-two. I would love them to make the Wyatt family like a proper big family, like. My favourite stables of all time tend to be the larger ones. Like, she had good big heel stables, like the Heenan family. There was a million and one people in it at times. There were like an average of say six, seven people running with them. The million dollar corporation, at any given time, they had a good handful of people. The NWO, these proper gang mentalities. See, the Wyatts had like a proper, like almost the way the Ministry of Darkness was, with Bray Wyatt being like the leader with like five or six kind of estranged character wrestlers, then it would add Bray Wyatt's credibility. You could have Bray Wyatt running like main event matches and like two guys out the Wyatts or the Wyatt family going for the tag titles. You could have one guy that's feuding with somebody else. You could really build them up. Kind of like Nexus style kinda in like the past few years. Like you, could have like, you could have a proper built up and it could be that numerous different people fight with them. You could even get all the way to Survivor Series and you could get a 5-on-5 with somebody. But I don't see that happening either. This is just what I would do if I I get a shot of running it. Okay, so we've talked Battleground. Fair play, let's talk about them. Give Divas a chance. Divas have had their chance and last week on Raw, they stole the show. Oh yeah, definitely. With the the debut main roster debut of Sasha Banks, um, Charlotte, Charlotte, and I can't remember on them. I don't know on them. Alexis, mm, I can't remember on them. I don't watch enough NXT to know. For the life of me, I can't remember. But well, you're the guy that watches NXT. I watch you're NXT. Is it Alex? Uh, we know who she is, we know who she is, but fair play, the Divas are having their kind of turf war, uh, but it's working well, you know, bringing up Sasha Banks, um, and they're in there with, with Paige, the Bellas, who, what I've said before, have improved, um, Naomi. I think the WWE is starting to finally go back to the old women's division. Uh, the whole Divas concept obviously came from the kind of brand panties matches days where the women's division was was always a bit of a farce and a a bit of a laugh and uh, it was for for people to look at 
Whereas now they're obviously going back and the, the Divas are having great wrestling matches. They're being allowed to have great wrestling matches and people are appreciating that because whoever's making the decisions about what's happening in a, a women's division match is allowing them to do so. They're not making it smutty stuff and they're not making it things that are just there for entertainment value for like the guys in the crowd, kind of the way it was, kind of turn of the millennium. Now they're allowing them to wrestle again, which I think is why the Divas division is... Is so interesting again. People are being interested in the storylines and the feuds, and I think it's 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 really good. Okay, so we're just about out of time here on the first part of the show. Join us in the next part where we will talk a bit more about what's been going on the past few weeks, as well as look further more into next month's SummerSlam pay per view, and as well. I've had so many tweets over the past few weeks coming in um, asking about the return, not only for the show, but, Stephen, for your favourite, the pay-per-view challenge, yeah. will be returning. How many tweets did you get? Uh, it had a one in it. It had a one in it. Uh, so, the pay-per-view challenge will be coming back onto the show in the next part, so stay tuned, and we'll see you and part two.